Welcome to the Level Up Life Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Hobbs, and welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to have a conversation with J.D. Folsom. From a young age, J.D. had a love for cattle. He played football in college with the main focus of getting his degree to become a veterinarian. He was surprised when he was drafted to the NFL by the Miami Dolphins. He later finished vet school, opened a practice, started a cattle farm, and now running a beef business, all while being a supportive spouse to his wife's business and a father to their six kids. J.D., welcome to the show. Okay, so I'm here with J.D. Folsom. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today, J.D. But before we get started, can you kind of let us know, like, tell us about who you are, like who you are and what do you do? Probably first and foremost, like uh, I'm a husband, dad. Um, We have six kids. And so, I mean, they keep us super busy. Um, by, By trade, I'm a veterinarian. And so like run... um. Yeah, run my own practice, have multiple vets that kind of that work with us. And um, yeah, we, me and my wife uh, have multiple businesses. And so, yeah, it seems like we're always uh, doing something involved in one of the businesses. So that's awesome. You know, I, I, I hear this saying or this quote that if you want something done, you ask the busy person. Right. So, right. so it sounds like you, you and your wife, Micah. Are, are those busy people that just get things done? You got multiple businesses you're running and six kids. I mean, sometimes I look at myself with five kids. I'm like, how does, <laughs> how does someone with six kids do that? So I, I want to ask you when, like, what got you, what inspired you to become a veterinarian? So we, we actually just hired a, a new uh, vet tech just in the last month or so. And she was asking me the same question. Um, so I grew up on a ranch in Wyoming, um, been around like the cows, the horses, my entire life. There was a piece of ground that we leased like summer ground where our cows would go up there in the summer. And the family that owned it, one of their daughters was a veterinarian. Um, and I just remember shooting, I was young. I was probably like third, fourth grade, maybe. And just specifically she'd come up and like, they had a whole herd of horses. They raised, they raised colts and stuff. And just seeing her do some of this stuff. And that was kind of like my first experience with it. But honestly, ever since then, I just always said I wanted to be a vet. <laughs> and so, yeah, there wasn't like any like specific thing that I guess drove me to it, but that was kind of like my first um, memory of when I yeah wanted to be a vet. So thought about I think that's kind of interesting. You having six kids, me having five kids, you know, at the age that you were talking about when you first saw that, you know, I hear my, you know, different kids, like some of one of my kids, like, I want to be a marine biologist. And then I hear a kid, you know, that's when he was like six, like, I want to fix cars, you know, and, and so it's kind of interesting that kids get these ideas when they're young. And then for you, you saw something. And it's kind of cool that it's where you ended up later on, like that seed was planted. That's awesome. Um, So, so tell me about how you got into veterinarian school like what does that process like what what does it take to become a vet like how many years of school I don't know anything about so typically I mean four years of undergraduate studies so I mean bachelors of science and I mean um, most veterinarians will have a biology zoology chemistry some sort of like science based like pre-professional like undergraduate 
then there's obviously um, tests that you got to take just like med school, dental school, um, just for admissions. So you take those tests and then, I mean, you apply and then you're, you're another four years in vet school. Okay. But fortunately with, I mean, being a veterinarian, it's like being a dentist. Like as soon as you finish your four years and pass your boards, I mean, you can go out and start practicing. Like you okay. can continue on, do residency and fellowships and specialize, but yeah, after the four years of vet school, I was ready to be done. Yeah. So what did you, so when you finished your four years, where did you study? Where did you go to school? So like undergraduate, yeah. like I was at Weber State down in Utah. Okay. And then um, after that, I did my vet schooling at Oklahoma State. Okay. And when you went out so, to Oklahoma State, were you then working like as an apprentice, like like you were saying, like out in the field working or what, what were you, what did that look like? No, like I just got done playing football. Okay. And so I was, um, so at Weber State, I played football there. Um, I was actually drafted in the NFL. So, and that was part of the reason I ended up at Oklahoma State is because they were willing to hold my spot. So they deferred my enrollment for two years while I played. And so as soon as I was like, knew that we were done playing, um, yeah, we just headed straight to, to Oklahoma. Okay. And started school. And so... So yeah, that was kind of what was going on in between. That's cool. So make sure I understand this right. This is like this is like a big thing. Like you go to four years at Weber State, and then you you said you got drafted. Like I want to switch away from veterinarian school for a little bit here in that career. Like I I know I know my kid has a dream of being in the NFL someday. Uh, we just watched the Super Bowl yesterday. He wants to you know play. He wants to play MLB and the NFL. He was. Like I, I tell him about my my hero as I was a kid, Bo Jackson, all the time. So he, like, yeah, Bo Jackson, you can't can't go wrong there. Yeah, so he he knows that he played in the MLB and he played in the NFL as well. So my kids like that's kind of his goal and vision. Like, so what position did you play in school? Like, what did it look like getting drafted? Like, tell us about that experience. So I guess even like taking a step back. So I even going to college. Um, I felt like football was my way of getting my schooling paid for. I mean, like I did like in my mind, like I always wanted to be a veterinarian mm -hmm. and like, I obviously understood like the schooling it took the cost that that was going to be. And so like football for me was a, a means to get my schooling paid for, like when I went to college. And so I actually wasn't recruited by Weber state right out of school. I went to a junior college cause I went to a small school in Idaho Mm -hmm. Didn't really get recruited out of high school. So went to a junior college in central Utah, Snow College. Um, so they kind of gave me my first opportunity. Played there for three semesters. Then ended up at Weber State, where I finished my last two seasons there. And so the focus was always like, I mean, my studies was like big part of my focus. But um, I mean, anything I do, like like at heart, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, like I give, like, you're just all in, like, I mean, it's, and so like with football, with the, with the studies, like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just all in on the football. Like, obviously, like I loved the sport and um, I had two really good seasons at snow. And then um, 
had a really good junior season at Weber. And then that kind of like just right into my senior season. Like even after my junior season, though, like still like NFL was not even on my radar. Like I didn't even think that I had like the opportunity to go play. Yeah. And then about probably four weeks into my senior season, like we had a really good running back that was um, a senior when I was a senior at Weber and he, like there were some scouts coming around to look at him. And I guess he had met with some. And then after the fact, he's like, Oh yeah, they were asking all about you and like this and that. And I was like, really? Like that was the first time like it ever even like came on my radar that I might have like a shot to go play. Um, and so, yeah, like I had a really uh, good senior season and, um, <clears throat> and after that, like started talking with some scouts and whatnot and, but the call, <clears throat> excuse me, not once in any of my conversations did it ever come up that I might possibly be drafted. It was always just like the conversation was after the draft, like we're going to look at you as a free agent. And so I remember like during the draft, we're actually at my grandma's house in Salt Lake, just sitting there. My parents were there. Um, and throughout the day, like I got different teams calling me, just asking. And um, yeah, seventh round again, they call me and I'm just thinking, okay, they're just, they're just getting ready for just for, as soon as the draft's over with, we're going to do something. And yeah, so I'm on the phone with the Miami dolphins and it was with the general manager and he just asked, he's like, how would you like to be a part of the Miami dolphins? And again, I'm just thinking that they're talking about after like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. And like, literally when I said that, like my name went across the screen. Wow. And so it was, I don't know. It almost seems like a different life now, like thinking back on it, but so yeah, it was just, yeah, pretty surreal. That's and awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. So you got drafted. What position did you play? Played linebacker. Linebacker. That's awesome. Yep. And you said you spent two years playing or on the with the team? Yep. So the entire first season I was there at Miami, kind of on and off the, the practice squad. Like I'd get activated back down on the practice squad. Um, I was cut the very last cuts of the next season with the Miami. And then that season, um, I mean, we were Chicago – Tampa Bay, Arizona, back to Miami. Like it was just all over the place. Yeah. That second season. And so. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So when you, so when you were finished with that, then you, that's when you went over to Oklahoma for the next four years. Yeah. And so I finished like my second season, I finished at Tampa Bay and they wanted to sign me to come at least for the off season. Um, but at that point, so when I was, drafted initially so we already had like my daughter was i think she was like seven weeks old when we headed out to miami okay and then that next year um uh, micah was pregnant with our with our next one and so it was just like i mean as crazy as that was like it was just like i wasn't going to do another year doing that like i mean i felt like half the time micah was back home with with our daughter and then I'd bring her out and then get cut. Like, it just wasn't like for being married with, I feel like with, with a young family, like it wasn't, um, just wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. And so that's where we we're just like, no, like we're done. Like we knew that we had a, a spot at Oklahoma state to go start schooling. And so we just made the decision to be done 
with football and move to the next phase of life. So that's cool. That's all. That's a, that's awesome. Awesome story. I love that you say it feels like a lifetime ago. I think about when my kids were babies or when I first started my business and it does seem like a, does seem like a, a whole life ago. It's o- over a quarter of my life right. <laughs> since that. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So most of the people that are watching this podcast are, are learning from either high level athletes or people are doing something extraordinary with their life or running some sort of business. Um, I'm going to ask you, as you went through vet school, finished vet school and started as a veterinarian, like how was the first year when you first started your, your own business, your own practice? Like how was that first year in business? What did that look like? Um, so it's tough. I mean, um, I think just like starting any business, there's like so many unknowns. Um, I mean, at that point we had three kids and so, yeah, you just want to make sure that you're providing for your family. Like there's just lots of unknowns. Um, but I think that is what just sports and everything I feel like ingrained in me just growing up is like, um, and I think that's what's so great about organized sports, like I mean, people can say what they, what they want about it, but in every game, practice, whatever it is, you go through hard things. And I yeah. think you just learn. Sometimes just put your head down and get through them. Or, I mean, to look for, for ways to do things different. And that is, even in my practice, my veterinary practice, like it's very unique because I, I just do cattle. Okay which is something that I was told over and over, like when I got out, like there's no way you can just run a practice, just doing cattle. And, and that's my background. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love to do. But I mean, so many people is like, you can't run a successful business just doing that. And so when we went out and, or when I started my practice, um, I mean, this is going through my head just like, but um I mean, we've done it. I mean, there's now, I mean, it's, it's three veterinarians in the practice. I mean, we're looking even now potentially to expand. Um, and so like it can be done. And I just feel like, I mean, so much of like that mentality goes back to kind of what you learn throughout sports. Yeah. And so I think that's awesome that you've, you know, the critics or the naysayers or whatever you want to call them out there saying it, it can only be done this way, or this is how it must be done but you kind of went with what your heart was telling you took the hard work ethic of what you learned through sports and said like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out and make it happen. That's incredible. Um, So I didn't know that you did only cattle. So I I loved hearing that. It was going to be one of my questions. Like what do you do in your veterinary practice? So you work with cattle. Um, So recently, how long ago, I know that you guys started a beef business. Like you sell beef. Tell me about where, how did that idea come about? Uh, what's that look like? What's that business look like? Um, so again, like my background, I grew up like on a ranch raising uh, cattle. Um, through schooling, I was, a, um, I got a lot of exposure and training on, um, at least in the cattle industry, there's like almost different levels or sectors like, there's not lots of people that 
say bird the calves and then grow them all the way until like they're ready to be processed for meat. Yeah. Uh, so basically once we started, like after I started my practice, um, a big part of like, I always have a hard time recommending something to a client. Like if I don't have direct experience doing it. And so it just made the most sense for me to start our own herd. And so, I mean, we started our own herd and initially like it was um, like I was raising and just selling bulls um, and anything that didn't kind of meet my standards on what I felt like a bull needed to be. Um, we would just in a sense finish out. And then, I mean, we were just kind of selling some, some beef locally. Yeah. Um, and so from there, but like, um, anything that falls out of that deal, it seemed like there was like, you take a, a big price hit. Like if I did have to send something to, um, like the auction or something that just, um, like I didn't have an avenue to move it for beef. And so, um, just as we were looking at numbers, it just made the most sense for us to, um, look at a way to market our basically in a sense, farm to table beef. And, um, I mean, you know, my wife, um, so I guess even to take a step back, so my wife runs her, her own business as well, uh, is very good on the online space marketing. Um, and a big part of that is just part of her marketing is like telling your story. Yeah. And so on the beef side, that's been a huge deal is being able to tell our story on basically start to finish um, how we raise the beef, um, just everything that goes into it, just um, educating people on it. Um, and, and right now, especially, it seems like it's really important for people to know where their food comes from. Right. Yeah. And so that's been a big focus of ours as well as just um, being very transparent on how we're doing it. And um, yeah, transparent, open, and just educating people on, on the product. And yeah, so we officially launched the, the beef business um, January of last year. Okay. And so, yeah, we've got a kind of a year under our belt and, um, and we feel like the first year, I mean, exceeded, like did far better than what we, we could have hoped and feel like we're, yeah, have just gained a lot of uh, momentum going into this year. Um, last year, we were able to hire um, my wife's older brother. And so we were able to to bring him and his wife and their family up here. And so it's been awesome. Just, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just fun being able to um, even provide opportunities to, to, to do stuff like that with family. So. Yeah. I think that's incredible. You're pr providing incredible service for the community and, and however far that reach spreads with your brand in the business. What's, what is the business called? So that someone watching this can know how to find it. So it's Folsom farm beef. Okay. And I mean, that's the URL to it. I mean, FolsomFarmBeef.com. There's a, we have a website and um, there's a link right there to the store. And so, yeah, you can just jump on and order. So it's. So who, who can order? Like wh what's your, what's your reach of delivery? So, um, well, so we ship boxes. I mean, we have shipped 
not to all 50 states, but I mean, we've shipped clear to the East, East coast. I mean, I think aside from Alaska and Hawaii, we've, I mean, we've shipped just about, just about everywhere. Um, our big focus um, is more local, um, not necessarily like local, but just like, um, even like we're like within a day's drive where people can come pick stuff up and, and doing more, a little bit more bulk, bulk beef. That's definitely like the, the focus of our, like the shipping's really expensive. And I feel, and, and even for clients, it just adds a lot of expense to it. And so, yeah, uh, we feel like we can add more value to people that are kind of within our, our region. But I mean, it seems like the, the shipping side of it continues to grow as well. And so, I mean, congratulations. And, yeah. So it's good. Yeah. I was uh, messaging you on your, that page on, on Instagram and I need to come pick some up. So typically I'm, I'm, a, I'm we live in Idaho, you, yeah. you know, and so I'm an avid archery hunter. So I eat elk and deer, but I mean, I was unsuccessful. Like I got skunked. So I had no deer, no elk. So I definitely need to come see you within the next couple of weeks and pick something up. Yeah. That'd be awesome. It is. Oh. It's nice to just knowing um, that you've got protein just in the freezer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so yeah, it's just nice. Well, we're going to, we're going to come pick some of that up and uh, then I'll make sure to tag you on Instagram when I'm grilling those burgers. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so you're running multiple businesses. Your wife runs, you know, a huge team in business in the online space. You guys have, you're a veterinarian with a practice. And you have Folsom Farms beef and employees with that company and running a, a a farm of cattle, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. And six kids that I'm sure go to sports and activities. Yeah. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Uh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think uh yeah, I'd be lying if I if I said that I didn't ever feel overwhelmed. Um Lots of times though, if I just step back and usually if I, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's because I am not delegating the things that need to be delegated or, um, or I'm not, um, I feel like a big part of it too, is just, um, sitting down like on a Sunday evening and looking at my week, like, like a week in advance and just making sure that the most important things are on that calendar and, and me and, and Mike could do that like quarterly. It's like, we'll sit down and make sure, especially with our kids. Cause that is like, that is our top priority and making sure that their events, their games, like whatever it is, like we have those on our schedule. And then we definitely put, I mean, work our businesses and stuff around that to definitely prioritize like being at our kids stuff. I love that. I think there's a, there's a lot of value in that, in that lesson from you. Uh, it's one thing I really admire about you and Micah is putting your family first, your kids are your top priority, but then you have these businesses that are in alignment with what you're passionate about, uh, that provide the life that you guys have in the lifestyle for your, your family. And one of the things that I always say is, or share is that you can have all the success in the world speaking financially or with your business or growth of your business. But if your family's not intact or not at the top, then is it really success? Yeah. And for me, yeah, for me, every time the answer is no. Um, 
And I love that you said that you plan out your week. I think a lot of too often people just try to wing it in life, like just going through the motions yeah. and it's just something you can't do. You got to plan it out. Uh, for me personally, one of the big things outside of planning weekly, looking at the schedule, just like you do. One of the tips that I do is like when, when something comes up, let's say, cause we have vacation rental, we have four vacation rentals right now and we're building two homes at the same time and then running our business and a podcast. So a lot of things, uh, sometimes something will come up, a, a flood that needs insurance issues in one of the rentals or this builder needs this info. Like if I don't write it down, like on a to-do list, then I go to bed at night and I'm just thinking about everything and I don't get good sleep. And then I wake up <laughs> with low energy. So that's one of my top things is just like, okay, this is what I have to deal with. Write it down and then just put it on your a to-do list and then check it off when you get it done. And you don't have to be like wasting mental energy. Like, Oh, I can't forget to do this or I can't forget to do that. Right. So well, that's, that's what, like, well, go ahead. No, go. No. You. Oh, I was just saying, I mean, I, um, I mean, I operate off of like my Google calendar. I mean, it is like the same deal. It's like, if I don't, cause just like you, like there are, I mean, obviously there's things that happen that aren't planned. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if I don't write them down, there's just, there's too much going on. And it's like stuff falls through the cracks. Like I have to write it down. Like you've got to just have a system for doing that. And I feel like if there's, that's usually when overwhelm comes is like, if, yeah, like, like something comes up and you like, if my week wasn't planned out, like pretty well um and stuff comes up that's when it's like well, crap how am i gonna get all this done um yeah. but i feel like you just got to be disciplined in um well for me i got just got to be disciplined on on my calendar and making sure stuff is is put in there and and i'm watching it and so yeah great piece of advice so those of you watching out here get a calendar and plan out your week and, and be prepared for what you have to do for that week so you can use your time more effectively. So in your career right now, both with the, the, the beef farm and as a veterinarian, what's your, what's your favorite part of your career and what's your least favorite? Um, I like, I love, like, I love the cows. <laughs> My wife, like, like, I think it frustrates her to, cause I'll be, um, like, that's just what I'm super passionate about. Um, the, like the vet business, like I just in any business, there's, there's certain aspects. Like I love the clients. Um, like, like, I feel like we have a great clientele. Um, but, but in any business, there's things that I don't love doing, um, part of the business, um, on the beef deal. And again, on, on the beef side, like I've got a great team of um, like my main guy, like Bryce, like he takes care of 90% of the day-to-day -day stuff. So he's awesome. We have a, yeah, we just have a really good team of people. And so, and the beef deal is like the one area that we feel like there's a lot of uh, growth potential to, um, to scale that business. And so we're really excited about that business right now. Like it's, it, it's newer, like, yeah. And so, yeah, we're really excited about that. There's um, a lot of the vet stuff. Like I love running the business, but there's some aspects of it. I'm trying to step back from like just on the service side and some of the things that consume a lot of my time. 
Um, and a lot of that's just surrounding yourself with the right people and um, good employees, good partners. Yeah. And so that's the kind of the plan there. That's awesome. So sounds like you've done, you've been, I don't want to say lucky, but had great success in finding good employees or good people to work with to, to help run your businesses. And, and that's kind of, does that, do you feel that that helps with your not feeling overwhelmed or being able oh, to scale? 100%. Cause like even, um, in our, in the vet practice, um, it's been a couple months now, but we transitioned an employee that um, she worked with me kind of like for the last three years, like just somebody that like I trust just completely. Yeah. And we were having some issues kind of in another area and we, we transitioned her into taking over this other, um, cause there was some source of overwhelm and frustration before that. And just the the difference in the last two months as this other employee has stepped into that role. And I mean, we were just talking about this this morning in a meeting, just um, like I feel more at ease with that company than I have in years because of her being in that position. Yeah. And That's so I think that he is just allowing certain individuals to grow in the company and allowing them to step into areas that, um, well, yeah, just to step into areas that are going to allow them to grow within the company as well, too. Cause I mean, I feel like sometimes we get comfortable with employees or people in a certain position and we don't want to like mess with that, but I think yeah. they can even get stagnant and they, I mean, those good employees, they need the, the opportunity to grow as well. Yeah. That's a, so, uh, shows incredible leadership traits that you have just talking about that. Like I think about my experiences, like not in building a business, but in, in jobs that I've had, like I'm extremely grateful for every job that I've had and the opportunities that gave me to grow my skills in, in all different areas. But I think that's one of the biggest things that was challenging for me in my last job before I started my business was like, I'm a creative person and I'm a hard worker. And when I felt trapped or combined to one thing, and then it kind of felt like that's what I was going to do forever. And I'm like, right. there was, I wasn't able to express my creativity. Like right. I would be, I'd have a job that I was paid to do. And I'm like, I could do it in like two hours. And then it's like, no, you right. just focus on that. And I'm like, <laughs> and it gets, you could get bored or get stagnant and, and not want to grow or, you know, yeah, it's challenging. So I love that. So you got to find the right people, but also give the the right people the opportunity to like give them that responsibility if, right. if they're fit for it. Yeah. I love that. Um, I already know what you're most passionate about. You're passionate about cows. So I have a question uh, that isn't kind of prepared because I, I kind of, you know, obviously know a little bit about you as a friend, but so I had some pre-made questions, but I have a question right now that because I get this question as a hunter. Okay. My my favorite animal is an elk, but I love hunting elk and I love eating elk. So, so you're passionate about cows. You love the cows. And then you, in the end, are selling the cow meat to other people. Like, I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you deal with this love of cows? You work on them as veterinarians and then you get to harvest them, I guess. I don't know what you call it. Harvest okay. or yeah. process, or harvest, process. Yes. I mean, I, there's different. Yeah, so, well, 
Yes. I mean, we, and, and I do get people that ask about that, but I feel like in every aspect of our life, like we're stewards over whatever it might be. Like, I mean, your business, like, and um, I think you can be a good steward or you can be a subpar steward. And, and I think like um, even with these animals, like we do our very best um, to um, I feel like provide them a very good life, um, good feed, water, shelter. I mean, take care of all of those basic uh, necessities. Um, and yes, that is their purpose. Um, and, um, so I guess, um, I feel like I'm doing my part as far as, um, providing them with as good of life as yeah. you possibly could. And so, um, and I, I guess in, in my belief or my view, I mean, that is their purpose. And in that purpose, I feel like I'm helping them. I mean, as best as I can. And yeah. so I guess I don't lose sleep. Yeah. Well, like I'm doing, yeah. Like I'm doing the best I can and I'm not, I'm not cutting corners where, um, I feel like we're doing right by the animal. I mean, we're, we're doing, yeah. I love that. I, I have similar beliefs. Like I believe that God put these beautiful deer and elk on earth, you know, and we can enjoy them, you know, when you're out in the wild, looking at them and there's laws and regulations, obviously for the harvest of them. And being respectful and ethical in, in how you hunt and, and harvest them. And then, uh, like, I feel very much the same. I, I feel like God, you know, put them down here for us and to help feed us and nurture us. Right. And But we can enjoy them while they're here as well. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I think mean, that's exactly it. Awesome. Um, so what... I, I think you kind of answered this, but I just want to reiterate it because we have people here that want to start a business someday or or play sports at a, a different level. Um, what do you contribute your success to? Um, well, like, I think it, it drives my wife crazy, but like, I am not afraid to work. Um, and I think like, obviously the goal of any business or sports is to not be putting in the crazy hours, but like, you cannot be afraid also though, to do what it takes to get it done. Cause I mean, um, anybody that started a business, run a small business, um, at least getting going, there are no nine to five. I mean, you kind of like, you do what needs to be done to make it work. And then, I mean, that's the goal is to get to where, um, you free that time up or whatever it is. And like, we even had this discussion with our kids cause, um, the kids like they kind of see what our businesses do now and they expect like, and we try to involve them in our businesses so we can educate them on, on running a business, but they see like what a, an established business generates and they don't think that they're paid. And it's like, you got to realize like, if you want to just, if you want to just know that you are making um, a set amount of money a day, like just go get a job. Yeah. Um, but if you are willing to sacrifice and, and put in the time, it's like, even like with our beef business, it's like, it did well last year, but we didn't make any money. 
Yeah. Like that first year, like there's so much investment into something new and it's like, it might take another year before we like on the book show an actual profit. And so I think that's, um, as somebody starting a business, like, I, I think you need to be, um, um, like real with yourself and know that, um, like it's going to take a lot of work, dedication, like discipline. Um, but I feel like just like anything, um, with great effort or, um, like the rule, I'm drawing a blank what the, what the saying is, but something with like the rewards match the effort. And so I think with, with a business, like, um, there's opportunity for, um, I'm drawing a blank on it. Like, just like, like the, the risk reward is, um, is there like starting your own business? Like, yes, there's more risk, but the reward feel, is. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I feel like that with my kids as well. They've grown up. I mean, my oldest, when I first started my, when I got to the point of my business where I could step away from my job and our business provided a, a full-time income for both my wife and I, she was mm -hmm. six years old. And, and then the other kids came after that. And so the only thing they've ever seen is the rewards of the business that I built. And a lot of times they don't see or don't remember because they were, my, my, my three daughters were like five, three and six weeks old when I first started. And they don't, they don't know that dad got up at four o'clock, did a workout, got to work at five, got home at five. So 12 hours, picked them up from the neighbor or babysitter took care of them on my own while my wife was at a night job at the Hilton garden Inn, you know, at the hotel and right. then worked on a business after 12 hour work day, after taking care of three little girls work three right. to four hours every night and sacrifice sleep and work. So they don't get a, they don't see that part. They see the, the, the other end. Right. So I love that you shared that kind of that experience that you're, you're teaching your kids those things. That's one of my biggest challenges is teaching my kid. They they sometimes just think that they can just take off and money's going to magically appear right. while they travel the world or do whatever. So I think that's right. one of my biggest challenges as a business owner is, especially since I work out of a home office, is teaching them like, dad's working. Like, this is right. this is what I do to work and yeah. so forth. So um, yeah, definitely the, the risk, the, the risk of starting a business. Well, no, let's step away from that. One thing that you shared that I'm really thinking about is uh, you you talked about your business. You've talked about your business doing really well. Your wholesome beef, right? And mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of clients. You've shipped almost every country. So someone on the outside wanting to start a business is going to hear that initially and be like, start a beef business. One year, it's crushing it. They're doing absolutely incredible, successful shipping to all states. But then you shared like there's not a profit yet on the books and maybe right. by the end of this year. And I think that's something a lot of people miss when they're starting a business. They think they're so used to instant gratification or an instant paycheck as an employee. Right. That sometimes it takes years to, whether it's a year, two years, five years to break a profit and go in the positive. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't mean if the profit's not there, it doesn't mean that the business isn't growing and getting to that point. Right. Right. So what kind of metrics could someone look at when they're building a business to be like, is my business successful or am I not doing the right things? I know it's kind of a hard question maybe, but right. Cause it's, um, well, I mean, obviously you can look at 
um, like obviously there's upfront investment to get that going, but metrics, even on that year, like knowing like your inputs and then, I mean, obviously what you're generating. And I mean, obviously if you are, I mean, if you're generating more than what your inputs are, like, obviously, I mean, there's profit there. It doesn't mean that you've paid off your initial like investments to get it going, but you have the ability to pay those, those off. And so it's like, I mean, there's like, obviously like your gross revenue has got to be growing. And obviously you've got to like be able to track or understand like what inputs you have going into there. But I feel like, I mean, yeah, like there's, there's profit there. It's just like, is there enough profit to pay for like that initial investment, pay for your time? And so, I mean, that's the stuff that you got to look for. And I feel like starting your own business, that is one area that lots of times we overlook is like paying ourselves because it's really easy to show a profit in the business, but like, are we able to pay ourselves though? It's like, it, like, does that include, like, we're not just providing free labor, yeah. And because so, I think you can do that for so long, but eventually you're going to burn out if you're not compensating yourself. Yeah. For, for so that in the beginning, you'll have to maybe work for a lot less or right. more compensation, but at some point you've got to be able right. to pay yourself. Yeah. You've got to be able to compensate yourself. So you're not a, your business is not a charity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that. Um, I got a question for you. What, what is one of the big, what's, what's a hardship you've gone through in your life and what did you learn from it? It could be any part of your life, sports, younger, whatever. What's a hardship you've gone through and what did it teach you? Um, well, um, probably one of the hardest times that we've, that I've gone through was, like in vet school. Um, and a lot of it is just like um, having two young kids. So when I started vet school, so we had two young kids at the time. And then the amount, the time commitment to do that, like it, it like it really hurt um, me and my wife's relationship. Yeah. And, and I think it was like my third year in vet school. Like we really had to like sit down um I mean, it's almost like one of those coming to Jesus moments when it's like, okay, like what is important here? Um, and I feel like both and both me and Mike are better for that having happened, like our relationship now. And even like we recognize very quick now if something is off, like like if if we're spending too much time in businesses here and there or whatever, and we're not investing um in our time as a couple, um, like, I feel like we recognize that quick now. And so, but, but looking back, that was one of the toughest times. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, that we've gone through. I love that it, that going through that hardship or that, that tough time coming, you come to Jesus moment with your wife that you can now in the present time, years later, recognize like, okay, we're starting to feel like this again. Yeah. And make those course corrections much faster, right? Yes, yep. And that's yep. Because yeah, I mean, I and I feel like I mean, I'm sure everybody goes through those ebbs and flows in a relationship, but it's it's recognizing 
when we need to course correct and um yeah and and just getting back to your priorities like it's just really easy to get distracted i feel like yeah uh, and you just need to make sure like starting a business whatever it is that um you know what your main priorities are and you keep those your main priorities because it's really easy to get those warped it is so easy like i have written on my board i have it in notebooks in my goals it says god then family then business but i have to i always then catch myself like if i'm running behind on something skipping my scripture reading to like rush to get something done or you know wanting to miss out on church to go to some event or something. And it's like, I got to course correct all of the time on that. It's it's a lifelong process, right? But it's easier to make small corrections. Yeah. Like as long as we have those priorities, I feel like, yeah, it's easier to make small corrections than to have to make a great big correction later on. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So I guess that's great advice for anybody in life is just to be self-aware, have those conversations with your spouse and just course correct each week. Where are we at? What do we need to work on? Where are our priorities at? Um, One of the things Gabby and I do to do to do that is we, we go on a, we call it our Thursday. And like, I feel sometimes just over, like not overwhelmed, but a lot of things going on where I feel like sometimes I could be working on, this part of my business or this part of that, but it's like every Thursday noon to four, like we're on a date and that's our, that's our time to, we go out and eat and we just talk like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? What's going on here? And so that's been super powerful for us. Um, We're, I want to wrap this up real soon, real in a next couple of minutes, but I want to ask you uh, like, where do you see yourself five years from now? What's that vision for your life, your family, your business? What do you guys, what do you see? I see, I mean, obviously our kids will have grown a lot in five years, but um, like, again, like just not losing focus of like our family, like that's, um, but in like our businesses and stuff, I know like this is um, me and Micah talk about this a lot. Like, um just where we want to be in five years and i know like for our beef business we want to like we have very specific numbers that we want to hit on that where we want to be at like on my vet practice i would like to scale back to almost being like in a like a management i know there's certain services that um that all i'm still kind of required to do in that because i'm the only one in the practice that does them but aside from that like just very much like a management side of that practice um and then and again micah with her company she has very specific goals too but a lot of it goes back to because at that point like our daughter plays very competitive volleyball and that point she'll be in college so i mean we would we want to be in a position to where we have the time to make it to all of her games like our my boy will be in high school so like making sure that we're there to be at all their sporting events and, and support them in any way that we can. I mean, that like five years, like that is our main is positioning ourselves to have the, like basically the time freedom to, to be at all of that. I love that. 
both the time freedom and expanding your businesses number wise. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that you have that clarity. Uh, and, and anybody listening to this is like, you got to know what direction you got to make sure your ladder is pointed up, like standing up against the right wall. So five years from now, you're not like, how did I get here? Like you've right. strategically built that life. And, and I love that you're, you have that focus, keeping your family in the front on that. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, what are you most proud of in life? Most proud of? Um, like, honestly, like it would go back to like my family right now, like my kids. Um, I just feel like we are in, we have great kids. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to, but like, um, that is like, that is like the most important thing. And like, I'm very proud of like where we're at as a family, like, um, like where our kids are at. Um, obviously there's always room for improvement, but, um, yeah. I feel like we're just at a good point in life. Um, it's a good phase, even like it's a busy, but yeah, it, it's a good, yeah. I, ch I chat with Gabby about that. Our kids are about in the same age ranges, except you threw in another baby in there. So I don't, I don't know how you're doing that, but uh, <laughs> we're the same. I'm like, man, if I could just freeze them right here. Like I just love this, this phase of life. Yes. And yeah. I think that's, that's something incredible that you should be incredibly proud of that work that you're doing there. Like my mission, I'm trying to get out in the world on social media, like on this podcast is more, you know, help people understand what it takes to build a business, understand the people that build businesses so they can adapt those traits. But my, my mission on like social media, I'm trying to share is like to remind people that God and their family is their most important work on earth. And so like when you said your family, I'm like, yes, exactly why I ask you to be on here. Cause it aligns the, the business owner slash athlete slash someone that puts their family first. So it's been incredible honor JD having you on the podcast today. And uh, I'm grateful that you took some time out of that busy schedule to come share some of your, your life with us. Well, I appreciate you having me on here and um, same deal. Like we look up to everything that you do and what you stand for. And so, yeah, like I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for joining us on this incredible episode with JD Folsom. And we hope that you enjoyed the content that we shared with you today and invite you to send this to some friends. We'll see you next time. And don't forget that your leveled up life is just a few decisions away.